When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Coach Pad has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Uh, today we have uh, the defense coordinator at Shepherd University, uh, Josh Klein. Coach, how you doing? Uh, d- doing doing well. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. No problem, coach. And I appreciate you. And um, but first, like, how did you end up as the DC at Shepherd, which has become a extremely successful uh, Division II university? So, uh, so my playing career started at Shepherd, and uh, you know, from high school, played for a great, uh, great high school coach, Tim Ambrose, and uh, and uh, you know, the local school about twenty five minutes away from my high school was Shepherd. And I didn't know anything about it until, until about, uh, I don't know, seven, eight games into my senior season. You know, back then, you, the only thing you know about college football is uh, the, the teams on TV. So, you know, you, Miami, um, you know, Boston College, Notre Dame, like the big, big schools um, started exploring around. Um, and he helped me, helped me get to Shepard, um, played nose guard at Shepard um, for Coach Monicator and uh, defensive coordinators. Uh, Jeff Castile and uh, Bob Haley and then uh, as as I finished up Shepard started grad school and uh, my wife had uh, had followed me from high school to Shepard and uh, we were going to get married the following year so it it kind of worked out where I had a chance to uh, be the first uh, male male grad school participant at Shepard and uh, and he got my uh, master's degree and was uh Kind of got into got into coaching. Uh, coach Bob Haley allowed me to be the defensive line coach, and uh, when he retired after the Final Four run in 2010, um, you know, Coach Cater named me the defensive coordinator. Um, so that that's kind of my uh, track. Um, I have to kind of thank Coach Ambrose from Middletown for uh, you know kind of make it creating the love of football for me uh, back in the day, and uh, he had two sons. Uh, Rob and Jarrett, that both uh, coach college football, and uh, and I remember being uh, ten years old, uh, running the, you know, working the uh, Middletown football camp, and Rob coming back and being an instructor, and kind of really, whatever reason that that sticks with me, and uh, kind of gave me the hey, I want to be a college coach one day. Um, so that was kind of the background. It's a long long story there, but uh, 
that's kind of how it got into being the uh, defense coordinator at Shepard. Now, now with that, you, you not only has your team had a lot of recognition of success, but you've been recognized as like Division II defense coordinator of the year. You've been recognized for your success as well. Why do you think you guys have had so much success? I mean, and it's been heightened the past 15 years. Um, and like I said, capped off with another really good season this year. Why do you guys think you've had so much success, especially defensively, over the course of the past 10, 15 years? Well, I, I think we, we're located in a great area, uh, you know, an hour, hour from Baltimore, D.C., and, uh, you know, three hours from Philadelphia and three hours from Richmond. So there's, there's a large number of student athletes that are, play at a high level. Um, which has allowed us to have great players throughout throughout all the years, and uh, and and we're probably in one of the most uh, you know developed parts of West Virginia in the Eastern Panhandle, which uh, produced a lot of great players. And uh, I think one you know first off, it's got to be the players that that have allowed us to have the success. But myself and Coach McCook, our current head coach, he uh, he came to Shepherd in 1999. So the, the two of us have been here at Shepherd since then. Um, so just continuing uh, the tradition, the, uh, the way we do things here uh, has allowed us to, you know, kind of stay the course and, and not create a whole lot of change where a lot of programs we play have had tremendous tr change throughout the years. Uh, so I think that's, that's another thing. And then uh, just being able to understand what kind of players we have and how they learn, you know, how fast they pick things up and, and trying to make the game plan for them as simple as possible so they can play as fast and hard as possible and have the most fun that they can. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned kind of just evolving there. Like, I mean, you got – and we talked a little bit about this before we came on. Like, your school has been a cover three team for the past uh, 23 years or longer. Yeah. Um, for, first, like, I mean, why, why has your school been so – cover three heavy say instead of a two uh tampa two or or palms or what or a quarters team yeah so so our, our first deal with defense is stop the run and uh cover three has always allowed us to get eight eight men in the box um play play a heavy box be allowed um to really stop and shut down run run game and uh, you know as a first year player playing under coach castillo and then later on with Coach Haley, it was pretty much if we didn't stop the run, the uh, the punishment there was uh, just so immense as a player that you're like, all right, we're we're going to get this run stopped. Um, so it, it's kind of entrenched in in our values here, uh, but, but it's it allowed us to play you know heavy box and uh, stop the run and and it's created some simplistic ways of you know teaching the guys you know where you fit how, how you know what kind of run run action, you're going to see how to defend that and then where to get yourself in coverage. Um, I think another thing is as, as time has went on, the RPO game uh, create, was created and that, uh, that kind of cha changed what we were. But before that, we were able to get as many guys in the box and, and play one high and, and kind of be safe on that big, big down the field post play and uh, really allowed us to, to have a lot of success that way. Uh, once the RPO came in, uh, th that's when all the tweaks and changes to, to what we do uh, kind of started. Now, you mentioned tweaks and changes there, and we talked a little bit 
four, like also the, the splits and some of the throwing has changed that. And you're no longer purely a spot drop team either. You're, you're more zone match, but you'll play some man match in there as well. Like how has um, the offensive evolution caused you as a defense coordinator to evolve? Yeah. So, uh, so the, like I was saying, the, the RPO game, just, just uh, you know, you're, you're showing run, you you got linebackers triggering, you're, you're soft in zones. Um, you know, when we first originated, it, you know, you, you sit, you buzz your feet, you, you bust out to your, uh, your coverage zone. And uh, now, now you're losing those hook players because your linebackers are reading run and they're, they're triggering down. So those slant windows became, uh, you know, quite pro problematic there. Um, so that, that was kind of the first initial thing. So, so now a lot of time our overhangs are, are, are going to match, match two in and, and the corners are going to have to play a little harder on the outside, but, but that's kind of one of the first things that started. And then the, the, the splits of offensive offensive teams will, they'll stretch from sideline hash to sideline hash and run four verts. And, and we saw that in a playoff game and, and we had to uh, in 2013 had to, had to really get out of our cover three and and go to some cover one and, and some quarters just to be able to handle how wide the splits were and and how we just couldn't reroute and overlap well enough to to defend their vertical shots down the seams and uh, put us in a lot of a lot of issues and uh, that was 2013 so that's kind of when we started uh, you know operating out of too high all the time and then uh, rotating, spinning down, inserting um, to create different cover threes and uh, be a little more disguised. Okay. Now, you, you kind of mentioned the RPO there. It's like, and and you got to play a little bit harder with your, say, hook curl, overhang defenders, whatever you want to call them. Like, how, how do you, I mean, you, you say they got most of, of two in. How do you teach that technique to your overhangs? Yeah, so... So we're, we'll uh, we'll vary our 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 alignments um, throughout the season, and you know try to marry it up with with different pressures and different other uh, coverage families to uh, try to try to give a little bit of the skies to start out, and then uh, once once we get in our alignment, you know we're, we're going to play cur curl flat or cur seam curl flat wheel is is really our responsibility but to handle the two the two in the slant that's got to override everything else so if we get a slant by two that's going to override our seam curl flat wheel uh operation so we get the the slant by two uh we're going to drive it with our overhang player to to allow us to uh to handle that with RPO action that's going to get the mic or the will to trigger down in the run fit and uh, and open up that huge window for the offense. And, um, you know, we play against a phenomenal offense that has led the country in offense the last several years. And uh, our quarterback, uh, you know, he's gone, which is, uh, you know, terrible for us as a, as a program. You know, we got to find a new guy. He's been a four-year starter. He's probably going to get drafted. Um, but man, what a relief this spring that we can finally, uh, you know, just sit back and it's not full full pressure every time the guy's catching the snap. Um, but but that's uh, but he 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 as well has has created 
created us to look at things, change things just because of how well that he, he operates that, that RPO game. So we, you know, fortunate, we get to see it a lot in practice and, uh, and can kind of mess around and, and try some things in our cover three stuff. But to get back to the overhang, uh, really the, the too hot is, is kind of how we refer to it as that, that route, whether it's, whether it's a small hitch, it's a, a slant, uh, and under and under we're going to trigger towards that and then once if it's an under we'll deliver it and 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 push back out to the curl if it's uh if it's a slant we're gonna we're gonna melt on that and uh the corner is just gonna have to play quick game rules and uh if we get a slant by one he's gonna have to he's gonna have to drive that play and, and break that pass up now how much the obvious and this is probably a dumb question but how much do you emphasize communication at all times like and, and like I'll say this, like two, cover two, cover four systems, there's communication, but I think there's a lot more with the cover one, cover three systems and communication just because of all the moving parts and all the passing of routes or canceling of passing of routes, depending on where the back is. How much and where do you use and how do you focus on communication pre and post snap? Yeah, so so pre pre snap, we're going to identify we're going to identify formation, and based on what we had learned through the week, what we've shown the guys through the week, they're going to have a basic idea of hey, these are the routes we're going to get out of these formation sets. Whether it's uh you know two two's closed to the field or two's open to the field, um, you know what it, is the split on the hash? Is it wider than the hash? Is it uh you know what, however uh, that works out through our game plan throughout the week we're, we're going to start with that and the players are going to identify formation and and communicate to each other you know possibilities of you know, if we get curl 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 flag curl wheel if we if we're four vert type of look uh, they'll communicate through that as we uh as we kind of get into it um, now post snap we're trying to be very very loud very verbal uh, with in and out routes and uh, to, to help just help trigger guys and, and allow them to to really, uh, you know, hear that extra bit of communication that might might put them in the right windows. Uh, but I, I know from, you know, playing at Shepherd, coaching at Shepherd, it gets loud in our stadium. So on the field communication sometimes uh, is drowned out. Uh, we don't have a track. So the stands are right on top of the field and we usually uh, have a great crowd that uh, gets loud when the defense is out there. So um, we'll, we'll practice it through the week and, and be loud. Um, but sometimes that, you know, post snap, it just doesn't work out. Okay. Now you mentioned earlier that your, cor your corners can play pretty hard, almost. I'm, I'm not going to say man, but um, almost like a man, except for shallow technique. How, how do you one that accurate statement based off what I heard? And then two, how do you work that um, or how do your DB coaches work that throughout practice? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much man. So a lot of our cover three uh, it, and I've had comments over the years from different coaches, guys that had had played for us and went and coached somewhere else and came back and they're just like coach it. All you guys do is play man. Just one, one high man. You call it cover three, um, but we, we play so much off, off man technique practice wise uh our coaches are our db coaches are training that um and, and we'll, we'll we'll mix up different techniques but for the most part if you get a vertical stem 
you're really thinking some sort of of man if if you're solo if you're if you're too too removed uh we call it race to the divide so so these guys are going to kind of you know we got two different techniques we'll square pedal and, and really uh work, work our feet to get in the middle of of the two receivers or will shuffle technique and really open up and still get to the same spot. So depending on the, the player's ability, uh, how well he's practiced those techniques, uh, he can either use both or he's going to be one or the other. Um, so we, we've used different ones throughout the years. Um, but those the coaches are going to train that. I mean, it's it's pre-practice. It's it's five minutes of indie where they're going to work on their cover three three techniques um, throughout practice. And in this past year, we played we played more cover four um, this year, just based on what what we saw. Um, but there's still a lot of carryover, uh, especially with the squared uh, corner technique um, with our cover three and our cover four. Um, so there's a lot of crossover there. So we're able to kind of cross train that. Um, I'm sure, you know, and I don't know if I'm the only guy that does it with with our guys, but but our cover three looks looks like man a lot. Um, so that we can play tight and we can, uh, you know, to kind of take, take things away. We got to train the, uh, the quick game throughout the week as well. Um, just being able to race to that divide and then be able to trigger out of it and, and attack the quick game. I think the, the biggest thing that usually gets overlooked is our, our eye training and, and our eyes have to be, have to be on point. You know, we cannot look at number one receiver and think, hey, I, I'm playing man. It's it's and it's hard for the young guys to understand that and get that, and, and they have to read through number two to the uh, to the end man line of scrimmage to the quarterback. And, and and I was watching a clip last night, and you know the, the guy the guy is set up, his eyes are correct, and right before the snap, he he starts staring at number one, and and he completely loses the quick game off of the uh, quarterback. And uh, if, if his eyes are right, he's going to be able to see quick game action, trigger on the route and uh, break that pass up. But those, those are two, uh, two different things that the quick game training and then the uh, just our race to, to the divide that we really hammer at every single practice that the, the coaches are. Um, I mean, I, I try to steal as much indie time as possible. I know the offensive coaches uh, can't stand it and uh, they want to play team and um, you know, wh whether we're coming out a, a few minutes early to work some indie, indie reps or we're, uh, you know, I, I may, we may run one, one rep of pursuit drill and then get into uh, extra indie time j just so we get our techniques and fundamentals down uh, through that week. Now, I, I, I'll, before I hit my next question, I'll go to that. Like, what is a typical, what do you typically focus on in indie? Um, is there anything that you particularly like that you do that maybe not everybody does like what what do you how, what does your indie look like so so we uh there different times of the year it, it'll vary it, it's not going to be the same every day we'll have a few uh crossover drills that kind of go throughout the year um but but we'll stance and starts uh, at every position to make sure the base fundamental teaching of defensive football is is hammered every every single day, um, and then after after that stance and starts period, we 
we'll get out of that. And uh, then it's on the, on the each individual coach. So whether it's uh, our stars coach or uh, safeties coach or corners coach, they, they will, uh, they will get into first zone zone coverage, um, whatever the flavor of zone coverage of the week is, uh, whether it's our, one of our versions of cover three that we haven't worked on in a while, or if, if it's uh, our quarter stuff, but they'll work five minutes on, on their zone, zone install, their zone teach, uh, which I think uh, we, we do a really good job with limited amount of time where we, we will walk through um, throughout, throughout the day, uh, whether it's at a, a position meeting or right before practice, we'll walk through what we're going to do in the day, uh, what we're going to practice, you know, what we got to see this week. And then uh, once we get to practice now, now we're jogging through it at the beginning of practice. And then uh, in our, in our team indie team uh, teach period. And then uh, when we get to individual now, now the guys, this is the third time seeing it uh, fourth time, if you count install in the classroom. And uh, now they're able to practice it more efficiently. Uh, It's full speed during indie. And now there's not as much teaching during that indie period. So we're getting really good reps. Um, I, I think we've always done a good job of that, um, which has allowed us to, uh, you know, maximize our time and efficiency on our, on our techniques. But that's, uh, you know, practice-wise, um, th- that's how I think we've maximized how we've done it uh, through the past, which may be a little unique compared to some, and I know that everybody's racing to get to different team segments. And uh, I know as a defense, we're trying to slow it down to try to get the individual teaching. Um, so when we do get to the team periods, it's uh, full speed and full go and everybody's having a good time. And uh, we're not having mental bust during uh, team periods. Okay. Now, now, one of the other things I want to ask you is, is, is the prevalent air raid plate mesh. How do you handle mesh? Like, obviously your overhangs are, passing or carrying and then passing the shallows most of the time unless they have depending on what some of your calls are but how do you typically handle it because I know like because I've watched some high school coaches I know whether there's covered three covered doesn't really matter what they're in they just and I watched one playoff game this year where a team just got kind of just whacked with mesh how do you kind of handle mesh and, and I know that varies depending on the game plan and who you're seeing but just generally how do you focus on that yeah, so uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say over the last two years, we've probably seen mesh more so when we've had cover four calls, um, which, which is a little bit different teaching. Um, but, but in our cover three, uh, we're, we're always going to be a too high look unless uh, formation condenses, condenses down to a, to a nub or uh, a wing set. Um, so, but we'll always start in a, a too high and uh, – we're either going to cloud cloud us the, the strong side, weak side, or insert uh, a, one of the three safeties um, to to make the other overhang and to get their four zones. And uh, with with doing that, it allows us to have good eyes on on the routes that are that are coming out. I think the guy that's dropping in uh, or we're rotating, we can kind of see um, the under the mesh the mesh start. And we, we do a good job of not, um, you know, back, back in the day, we used to, you get a crosser, you're trying to knock, knock his head off, um, knock him off his feet, get him, get him on the ground. Um, and in the camp, everybody's trying to do that, get, get the big knockout shot um, their first, first week on campus. And uh, 
So we've kind of got out of that that mold to allow these routes to just do what they do. Um, ball snap, they're going to cross. They're they're going to go under. Uh, don't trigger down on it. Get your depth. Let let it settle out. And then we're, uh, we're we understand there's four four underneath defenders that we can uh, expand and carry. Uh, we'll we'll carry until we until we can pass it to the next defender, um, like you were saying. Um, but but the biggest teaching point right now is hey, we're not going to trigger on that under. Let let it go to the next man. Understand where your help is, um, whether you got inside outside help or or help on both sides, and then uh, and then defend it that way. But I think dropping in out of the too high has allowed us um, some success there. Where now we're seeing the where the uh, mesh is. Maybe they're running an OTB um, from from outside that. Uh, kind of is the point part of the uh, mesh um, that now the, the free safety um, can kind of see and trigger on. Okay. Now, now with that, like you mentioned a little bit, some of that's disguised, but what was, I mean, cause you talked, I mean, before we came on, you guys back in the late nineties were a four, four cover three team. That's who you, that's who you were. That's yeah. who you've been. But what was one, why the switch to the two eye stuff? Was it so you could play the quarter stuff? Was it so you could, hide some of your cover three stuff why why run your cover three stuff out too high obviously college is advanced to where you need some deception but like what other incentives were there yeah so so there's uh it was some of the things we were seeing that we had to get into some too high to to start quarters and uh you know way back way back in the 2010s i started watching tcu and studying gary patterson and kind of seeing some of that evolution which uh you know suggesting that to the old d coordinator he was he was like yeah <laughs> thanks but uh we're good with this cover three um so it was just something that i had studied and uh you know kind of wanted to get into the quarters family um so that so that was one one reason to allow it to uh you know allow us to get into that and then uh j just the uh variety of cover three that we can play now um from a too high structure and uh you know, you know, uh, playing one high cover three is still quality football and you can still get a lot of work out of it. Um, you just have so much disguise with your the ability to run different pressure uh, quarters coverage and uh, and now, you know, five, six different cover threes um, that, that we operate with. Um, but I, th I think that's the main reason just to have more variety, more disguise to the just the structure um, so, that, you know, we're not out there and everyone sees, all right, one high, it's cover three or it's cover one. And uh, this is the play so that, you know, offenses get to practice that one play all week and get really good at it. Uh, and, and, you know, every once in a while that, you know, they're going to win and, and we're going to lose. Um, but we might as well be more varied so that they have to practice more schemes. And it's not just one play or two plays that kind of beat that look. Okay. Now, now the last question I got for you, because you kind of, you we talked a little bit beforehand, and you said you're more zone match than man match. You're not, I mean, nobody is really true like country spot cover three anymore. You're either pretty much zone or man match. Why more zone match than man match? Is it just a time thing? Is it just how you like to play deep? Like, why do you do more zone over man match? Uh, we, we were always uh, spot drop, like country cover three, uh, and and had no no issues with it until the RPO game showed up, and then uh, then we kind of changed things and started going to some more zone match, and uh, 
and, and allowing us to uh, have success that way. Uh, and then just a limited amount of time, just trying to teach zone match, uh, man match, and then multiple different coverages um, throughout a, a season. And uh, that we just felt like there was too much, too much for the, for the players to, uh, to take everything in and be really great at everything. Um, so we, uh, we, we chose to stay with zone zone match and, uh, and really kind of stay out of some of the man match. Um, but, you know, um, to, to just make it a little bit easier. So the kids got one, one path, one thought um, that this is how we'll do it. And now we'll play cover six, cover four and the, our other stuff, but this is how we'll play cover three. Okay. Well, coaches um, one, make sure you give coach a follow on Twitter. Uh, all that stuff will be in the bio um and so forth uh, in the show notes as normally if you want to check out any spot of this you can just check out the show notes they have it's all time stamped like share subscribe all that lovely jazz um and check our sponsor coach pad otherwise that is another episode of the gap down backer podcast